Welcome, welcome your backup plan tribe to another awesome podcast brought to you by Talking Taboo with Tina. I am an emergency preparedness coach, a best-selling author of In the Blink of an Eye. Remember, Jeannie, it happens that quickly. Just like that, in the blink of an eye, your life can change. I'm a financial expert and app developer of Your Backup Plan app. I'm located here in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. If you are new here, welcome. Um, I am so happy to have you. Please like, share, and subscribe to our channel. We'd love to have you and have you uh, watch all of our shows that come up. We have some great guests like today. I'm so excited. We have a special guest and our story is in the blink of an eye, our lives changed. Yeah, isn't that the truth? You know, I talk about this in our show, our podcast all the time. Uh, you know, we because we talk about real raw conversations with our guests and provide, you know, their journey from a life changing event uh, that happened in their life and how it changed it, how it changed them or their family. Um, because we can all count on one thing. We can all count that we are going to die sometime. We're going to get sick or disabled and or injured. And we just we just aren't prepared for a disaster or a tragedy to hit our lives as because we're just not Superman or Supergirl. We just aren't. Our lives are complicated and really need to be better prepared for the unexpected because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. You don't know what an hour will bring. You don't know what next week will bring. So um, just like our famous quote from Mike Tyson says, everyone has a plan till you get punched in the face. Isn't that true? We, we do. And anyways, I'd like to welcome all of our listeners from United States and Canada. Absolutely. We love you two bits. I'd like to welcome our German listeners because they're third listener. Then we have Ireland and Italy and India coming up in the ranks. I'm so excited to have all of you. Meine deutsche Freunde sind unserem Podcast willkommen. Wenn sie Kommentar haben, können sie gern Fragen stellen. Also danke für deine Freundschaft. Um, and thank you so very much for listening, everybody. We love all of each of you. Please like, share, and subscribe. And I get my hand out down here in the corner. Just press that subscribe button, okay? We love you. We love you. So um, I'd like to get into our show today. Um, I have a very special guest, and she's coming to us from Maryland, United States. And I almost said Maryland, Canada. I don't even think there is a Maryland, Canada. <laughs> I don't know why that came to my mind, but there's definitely not a Maryland, Canada that I am aware of. So yes, uh, let's bring on Rowena Winkler. Here she is, Rowena. How are you? Hi, Tina. How are you? I think the Maryland Canada just means that we need to continue to collaborate and hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, we're just on, you know, one side and the other. Hey, we can we can do that. Um, I'm so excited to have you on, Rowena, because um, you are a life coach and you have, I put all your description in the description box below, uh, Rowena's uh website and everything is on there. She has life coaching programs. And 
boy, oh boy, does she have a story to tell us today? Sure. I don't know. (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, I think you got everyone ready to go with the, in the blink of an eye. I mean, that's what a, what an interesting and very thought provoking introduction. And I just have to say that that German was amazing. I was so so entertained just, just watching you do the intro, but yeah, I would say that the, the catalyst moment as I call it, or this life changing in a blink of an eye moment is actually what led me to my life coaching business that I started in 2021. And that is my father unexpectedly finding a a tumor and being diagnosed with esophageal cancer to the point, yes, yes, to the point where it was incurable. There was a moment where things were looking good, but as I'm sure you know and understand, and as the viewers can attest, right, that doesn't always end up as nice and, and lovely as expected. And so my, my dad was young, you know, he was only in his late 60s. And at the time, I was a newly minted PhD student. I found out my dad had cancer when I was on my spring break in my last year oh. of my PhD. And it really changed everything for me. I had spent the majority of my life hustling and grinding. And, you know, I got my bachelor's master's and doctorate in less than 10 years. So worked out working really hard, but the loss of my father caused me at a very young age, right. In my, in my mid twenties to think deeply about his legacy, my legacy, and the impact that we have on other people, especially our families. So it, it what do you think, what do you think brought that into your mind? What, what do you think did that? So Tina, my, my father was in hospice at the house that I grew up in. My, my mom, my mom's a nurse. She's retired now, but at the time she was still a practicing nurse. And so she was home with him and they had the, they had hospice workers coming into, into my childhood home where he was, where he was. And I think, I think my dad sensed that he was getting close to the end. And so he wrote a bunch of quotes and things on paper. I think he was being really reflective and journaling. And after the fact, we found some of these, some of these writings and it just hit me so profoundly to see in his handwriting and actually his 10 year death anniversary is coming up in 2023. He passed away in October, 2013. And I would like to get one of those you know, some of his writings as a tattoo, just as a reminder again, because it was so powerful to see. I think it was a surrender. You know what I mean? Like that he had been fighting this disease, but it was at a point where I think he was, he was considering what it was like to, to leave us. And one of the, all these emotions, life respect and yeah. And, and another related related situation or experience that I remember is when he found out that the cancer was at that point, that there was nothing else that the oncologist could do. I was in the, in the hospital with, with him and my mom, and he just started crying and crying and just saying, what about my family? 
So I thought that, that moment too really resonated and I'll never forget it. Him just losing it and just crying. And I think, again, that was a, a moment where he's like, okay, I have, what, what about my family? Right. And this, this goes along with the work that you do, Tina, that yeah. without that backup plan, I think he started to understand the gravity of the situation and that, you know, what's going to be left for his family to contend with after he, after he's gone. Or what he wants yeah, them to contend with after yeah. he's gone. Yeah. Like it's nice to lead these journals, right? Because yeah, yeah it's um, we do talk about the treasure box in, in our launching uh, the emerging blueprint that's coming mm -hmm. out where we do actually do workshops on what, what would you like to leave as a legacy? That mm. that's just, that was special that him by doing that is cause it's in his handwriting too. Yeah. So yeah. it, it must've like, when you read it, it just must go right to your soul or your heart right away. Yes. And Something else that happened as a result of my father passing away is it really, it, it changed my spiritual practice, right? So I was raised Catholic, right? I was born into the Catholicism, went to Catholic school all up until college. And then I left the church. But after my dad passed away, I joined a non-denominational Christian church because I needed, I needed community in that moment. I needed support. And it was really powerful to have, to have folks that understood the loss and helped me grieve and helped me process. Now I'm no longer practicing in that faith, but I will say that I do have a spiritual practice where I meditate often. I, I, I truly believe my dad is, you know, comes to visit and is very present. Like I can feel his presence and his energy. And so, yeah, like you mentioned with the writing and I have one of his rings that he oh. used to wear. That's like a, a horseshoe. So it's like a lucky horseshoe. So I'm hoping to get that resized soon. Cause another like artifact to remember yeah. him by. Yeah. It's very powerful. Oh, did you have a t-shirt or anything? I know a lot of times people can get a t-shirt, even though, um, especially if they've worn it because it's um, has their scent on it and it, it gives you, I always talk about the five senses. Mm -hmm. So you have the writing, which kind of hits your eyes, yeah. it, you know, and, and it hits your emotions, but the smell hits a different part of you. So. Yeah. My, my mother actually over the, over the past several years, has given my my husband some of of what my father had owned so ball caps and suits and you know I'm I'm Filipina American so, so even some traditional Filipino clothes that my husband has yet to to wear but so that that's been that's been interesting right to to yeah. have, see some of my father's belongings actually she most recently gave and I like it. It's like a oversized, like plaid jacket sweater thing that I don't know. It just feels very comfy, cozy. And again, I just feel I feel my dad's presence. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I wear have, it. Have you seen him or talked to him or anything? Yeah. So I've 
what's what's interesting, and I know we mentioned this before we started recording, I I have a two-year-old daughter, and this was after almost two years of trying to get pregnant. So we had some fertility issues going into it. So we did IVF. So we did in vitro fertilization to have my daughter. And while I was struggling with fertility, my dad came to me a lot. So I saw my dad a lot. Um, I am, I do a lot of acupuncture. So in my acu naps, <laughs> my dad would come visit and my, my, my grandmother, who was my dad's mom. And at the time I saw a little boy with him. So I thought, oh, is that like, am I going to have a son? And then I found out that I was having a girl and I was confused. It wasn't until very recently that I realized that my, my dad had had a son. My dad was married before he married my mom. And he has a son who, who passed away when he was a little baby. So it's oh. my, my dad and his son. So I just thought that was very, very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that is. That's very touching. Yeah. So um, they're, they're reunited. <laughs> that's not cute. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the, the realization when he first found out? Um, how did that affect your mom? And mm-hmm. I, yes. I think when it gets into that moment, too, it's hard for people to even think straight to know, well, what do I need to get prepared? You know, like, you, you know, you could probably say off the top of your head two or three things, and that's about it. Because you just can't think. Yeah. Yeah. So my mom is the type of person who who springs into action and does all the things to distract herself from really tapping into what is happening. And she's good at it, right? She 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 makes the phone calls, she gets the paperwork done, she follows up with whoever she needs to follow up with. So I think from that standpoint, there were no issues, right? So I, f- I feel like my mom did all right, considering her husband that passed. Now, mind you, she was very distraught and emotional. And I mean, he passed away in the house that they lived in together with, with their children. So I think... There's a lot of memories there. Yeah, a lot of memories. And so I think by bringing into action and doing everything needed right away. She, I think she was trying to block herself or shield herself from the true emotions that come with your husband dying. Right. So. Yeah. Because she took a different role. Why do you think she chose to do that and not put him in an actual hospice? I, I think because she, you know, she works in medical, in the medical field, and she, it, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure why she made that decision, but I think it just made sense for her to, to be home with her versus being at a facility. And yeah, because, well, especially yeah. in that field, right? Yeah. And especially since she's, she's, she's been, a, she'd been a nurse for 30 plus years at that point, right? So she, I think she's familiar enough and confident enough that if something were to go south that she, you know, I wasn't there. My older sister was at the time, but my mom performed CPR on my father when he collapsed, when he went to use the restroom and she, she tried to revive him. So, yeah. God, that's putting a lot of pressure on somebody. Yeah. 
that even though you are, might be a nurse or whatever. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Yeah. That's very traumatic. Sure is. Sure is. And so that's something, I mean, my, my older sister who was also there said that's something she'll never forget. I was living in Virginia at the time. So I, I wasn't there. Um, I drove, ended up driving up uh, when I got the call. I think it, um, would probably be easier if you could just actually just um, had had someone else as the actual one in charge, you know, a stranger. Mm -hmm. And and then you'd be on the sideline helping. I think that would have been different. (laughs) Yeah. Actually doing it yourself. Yeah. My, you know, my, my mother, my mother's an immigrant. So I think the way she, she operates and the way she was raised is to do, do it, it all yourself. And she's all, she's always been that way, you know, just very resourceful and just oh, that's asking a lot. <laughs> oh, <Where is? laughs> yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah. That's crazy. So do you feel like she was able to talk about that or, or was your sister be like, cause that's a very traumatic time. Yeah. So my, my, my mother is of a generation that doesn't really buy into therapy. <laughs> no, mine too. <laughs> yeah. As much as I tried to, to suggest that especially after everything that happened still to this day no so yeah I've just you know it I I've done the best that I could and she's she's quite emotional you know so and I'm the same I'm I'm very similar to my mother in a lot of ways and so I I don't entirely fault her with how she handled things because I feel that I'm I'm the same too I mean I mentioned I got three degrees in less than 10 years. So yeah. I also do a lot and I'm very active and I, you know, I get, go get it, to done. get it yeah, done and get things done and get things done despite what's going on. You know, that the, the day that my dad died, I think I took a week off and then went back to teaching. Right. So that that's just how we, how we operate, but I do go to therapy. So we've evolved a little bit from generation to generation. (laughs) And it's always hard to find that perfect therapist also, you know, just, just like you, you're a life coach. It's, it's hard to find that one you can connect with. Yeah. um, And, and have these life events so that people understand when you're helping somebody else. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's really important to, be able to tap into those emotions. I I, I think, yeah, because you are a kind of a counselor, right? You you are a therapist. Um, yeah, and I I mean I've always had a propensity for having an open heart and being this inviting space for people to feel comfortable sharing what's going on. I've, I've always had that characteristic or quality with, with my friends, with, with family, with, Mm -hmm. with loved ones. Right. And I finally, and I think, you know, the other big thing was the pandemic, right? The pandemic shook things up a bit where we're again, looking around being like, what am I doing? (laughs) What is my legacy? And on top of that, 
I had my beautiful baby girl after years of trying. And so it was again that it's interesting, right? The death of my father was the first one of the one of the big milestone moments in my life where yeah. I thought very deeply about about what what we're doing here. And then fast forward to the birth of my daughter, which was the other moment where I said that I wanted to do more to help people. And that's what led to to starting my business. That's awesome. Um, so if we move forward a little bit to how it, it, it transpired, um, what happened after then once you arrived? Like, was everybody organized? Because how long did he have the diagnosis to when he passed? Was it two years? Almost. So let's see. we found out. So, yeah, we found out March we found out March was on spring break and then the following October was when he passed away. So it was a, what, a year and a half maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I think my, and again, I would have to speak to her directly. I didn't ask questions about it. I think my, my mother was making plans behind the scenes and you know, my mom, she's, she's again, she's like me, she's extroverted. She, she has a lot of friends and community to lean on. So I think that was helpful too, to, to get resources. I think a couple of friends in her church choir had also lost their husband. So she had support in that way. So I think that was very helpful, but I, I, I will say, you know, again, she, and looking back on it now, maybe my sister and I could have done more, but she was very, I'm going to take care of it myself. So just watching her run around and trying to get things done. I mean, we came to a couple of meetings and, you know, picking out his casket and things like that, but everything else was behind the scenes. Handled, yeah. Prim primarily handled by my mother. Mm -hmm. Do you think your dad had that organized before he went? I doubt it. If not on his own accord, I feel like if, things were organized is because my mom organized it. She was, she was the organizer yeah. <laughs> of the family. My, my father, not so much. He worried about the other stuff, whatever that was. Yeah, he, yeah, he, you know, he, he, he was the, I don't know how to say this. <laughs> I would say he was the fun one. Right. So he was the, you know, if we're going to, talk of dualities well people way. personalities are always was, different yeah he was he was very charismatic you know so he 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 worked really hard and then pro he provided for the family in that way but in terms of all the logistics and the organizational pieces that was that was my mom's bread and butter well and that that is the majority of people out there mm -hmm. for our listeners you know it's the men go and do the protection part and the women worry about their nest and right. what, you know, looking after their nest, their, their children or their finances or the bills to pay or whatever that yeah. looks like. So that was helpful for her to already have been doing that to start mm -hmm. with. So because mm -hmm. there's a lot of lives out there that have lost their husbands and have no clue how to pay a bill or how they even did it or where anything is. It's very shocking, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we were lucky in that regard that the one that was still 
alive <laughs> and at all of that. So it wasn't. Yeah, a- that's really good. So yeah. did you have any trouble after with paperwork and finding things um, that you weren't aware that you needed to do? No, I, again, I, my mom is, is quite organized. She had a lockbox at the bank and she also has some, like a safe at the house. So I'm, I'm fairly certain that she had things ready to go. And I think it was just a matter of what things she needed, but she, she's, she's good like that. She, I think she had a lot of what she needed. I, I honestly believe that the the part that was more difficult for her was handling the emotional side of things and 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 leaning on my older sister and I for support, right? So yeah. that was harder for her. Well, it's a change of your life when mm-hmm. you lost someone. Mm-hmm. Um, people say, you know, when you lose your dog um, or, or a pet, when you come home, it's the worst moment is to find your animal not there greeting you so happily yeah you know when you come home so or when you go to bed and they're not beside you yeah so I I think it's I hate to use that as a, an example but it's that same kind of feeling it's the mm-hmm. loss of something mm-hmm. so, and I think sometimes you don't even know what it is it's it's a feeling it's it's they're not there anymore and so you have this void yeah and it's very strange to, you know, f- process your feelings. And um, it makes it very hard to make these final decisions as well. Yeah. Either because you, you don't know what he wanted. Um, but at least he was given a year and a half to talk about these types of things. I, yeah. I'm sure they probably had a few conversations. Yeah, I'm sure they, I, again, I, I'm not quite sure what those entailed, but I think that he, I think he would have been happy with how we handled everything. I think, um, well, she probably had a few conversations, but it's unfortunate that you guys weren't part of that. Yeah. And looking back on it now, you know, my mother's also like me again, we're very similar. We're, we're very anxious people. And at the time, as I mentioned, I was finishing my doctorate. I was in the middle of writing my dissertation when my father was sick and I dedicated my dissertation to him with the hopes that he would survive. But by the time I had graduated, he, you know, he was, he was not doing well. And I, I think this was, I think the intentions were to, to not have me get upset or, or distraught, but there were several instances where I wasn't getting updates and my sister had to update me because my mom was afraid that I would, you know, not finish or, you know what I mean? And, and just not be able to focus on school. So. Which is true. Kind of. It's, it's true. It's true. But I don't know, in a way, I wish that I had known what was going on more in the moment instead of hearing it second or third. After. No. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows what's right at That's the moment? True. That is true. We all do the best we can, right? In the in the moment to moment of especially with something like a loved one dying. It's it's there's a yeah. lot going on. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you have a two year old, how do you think this makes you feel after looking at what's happened with your dad and what can happen and what what has it changed your life with your partner and your child? 
Yeah, it really made me think very deeply about not taking advantage of anyone or anything in my life to to have in to have this perspective and mindset of gratitude for for everything that I have and to know that you just never know if someone's going to get sick, if someone is going, you know, I had a friend who who's very young. I think he was in his late 20s that was killed from a motorcycle accident. You just never know. It's not just age, right? And so no. really It's not color, it's not yeah. language. It's yeah. We never has know. No, has no The universe has no decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it really it, it just staying present and enjoying what I have and my my little one is you know, definitely on the top of the list with that, you know, to this day, she'll smirk or have a little like a very mischievous face. And I see my dad like through and through in that in that smile and that smirk, because again, as I mentioned, he was very charismatic and very funny. He was a very funny guy. So when my my little one acts silly, like I feel like that's my my dad. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, you don't realize that all the paperwork or questions that you get asked, did you go to the funeral home and do any of that? We did. My sister and I did a little bit, as I mentioned. So some of the, some of the decisions, right. But it was more actually, my mom invited us when it was more about the the programming, right? Like the event itself, you know, what's the prayer card going to be? It's the, it was the aesthetics of it what's the prayer card going to be? What poem are we going to, right? You know, uh, what music are you going to play? Right. I sang Ave Maria at my father's funeral mass and you know, what, what how did you manage that? Oh boy. I don't know, but I got through it. I got through it. Yeah. It was, it was hard, but I managed to, you know, my dad was a singer as well. So my dad and I sang a lot together. That was something that was really fun and important to us as a family. So I I know, but just think of all the emotions in that moment. I think it's because it's the air of everybody, the energy that's in their room. Mm -hmm. It makes it even harder, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I remember the practice run was okay. And then of course, in the moment with everyone there, but I managed to get through it. But again, that's, that's what I'm saying, right? That those were the decisions that we did the three of us, my mom, my sister, and I, we didn't again. And I, I see that in myself too. It, and it's something that I'm actively working hard. It's very hard for me to ask for help with those sorts of things. I, yeah, I'm very self-sufficient. I was raised this way, but yeah. Very independent. Yeah. 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 I, but I think, I think it's important to involve your family and, you know, to your point about spouses, my, my husband is the one that handles the finances and he's the, that person in our family. And I'm, I'm looking to become more involved. Right. So that in the event, like God forbid something would happen that I wouldn't be left in the dark. You know, it really makes you think more deeply about, okay, should something happen? What's next? How are we going to handle this? Especially with the, with our, with our little one. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think um, it's all fine and dandy for one person to do the finance and financing part. Um, And, 
and I think the other person really appreciates that in a, in a nice relationship. Um, but I think there's a problem because the other person shouldn't have to know every specific detail. Like mm-hmm. it, it probably doesn't matter, you know, like how much money is in the account this month. Like if you trust, if you're in a trusting relationship, I don't think that part matters, but I think what does matter is that you know how to do it mm-hmm. if you needed to. You know, like if he was in ICU tomorrow from a car accident for for three months and you have to go sit by his side and help him with your emotions of um, because holding his hand and by you being fearful and worried, it's not going to help his recovery at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you have to give all your good, loving energy to the situation yeah. and to him. And so, but how do you dissect that? You know, when you go home, you're up in this worrisome part of not knowing how to do anything mm-hmm. or where anything is to trying to figure things out to going over there and trying to turn yourself around to positive energy. Yeah. And, and you can't. So it's nicer to have some sort of system that, you know, you know what to do if you had to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's my point really. Yeah. And it's a really great point to have Tina. I I will say, as you were speaking, I, I, I will say that I, I am the keeper of the documents that that's my, that's my job. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the garbage. Yeah. I, I deal with, I have all those, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, be- I'm, I'm, that's the skill set I have, right? I can keep track of things and have everything, you know, filed and whatnot. Uh, but he's, and that's important too. Right, right, right. So I think to your point, right, that we all, we're all on the same team and we're all just trying to keep track of everything. But having that trust and open communication has, has been, has been important for, for us. Especially on how to pay the bills, because I mean, over time, it's changed, right? You know, used Mm -hmm. to go into the bank and pay the bill. And then it went to telephone banking. And then it went to internet online banking. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's continually changed. Mm -hmm. Um, You used to get the invoice or your bill in the mail. And now you get it digitally or you don't at all. And you get it, you have to go into an app to get it. Mm -hmm. So we have a lot of digital assets. So how do we know what you know you your husband has to what you might have in your wallet there's reward points there's aeroplan points there's reward points for grocery stores and visa credit cards and Mm -hmm. all sorts of things Mm -hmm. that's right so yeah so it'd be helpful if you could somehow if you don't know what it is what you have to at least know where to go to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for sure Yeah. Um, If I asked you what you would like to do, and and this is for small business owners, because you have a small business. Have you had that conversation with your partner, your spouse to what you want done with your business portion? Do you want it to continue or? No, I have not. But that is something that is a conversation we probably should have. You know, I, 
I'm a fairly, I'm a baby entrepreneur. <laughs> I, I started my LLC in 2020 and it was primarily just astrology. So I was just doing astrology readings, but I pivoted to the coaching bit in 2021, as I previously mentioned. But it's a very, very good point. You know, I'm in the, I'm still in the building phases and having wonderful clients and working toward that and refining my, my goals and my vision for how I want to help people. But I have not thought too far beyond that. <laughs> I don't think I, maybe that's something to put on the to-do list for sure. Yeah. Cause it's, we forget it. It's, it's a part of it. It's your life. Yeah. And whether there's revenue coming from it, some, you know, small businesses might have regular revenue coming, or if you got sick, you know, for two months or injured, you know, is there someone to step in and fill in or, or, you know, all those kinds of questions. Yeah. I had a little microcosm of that back when I got COVID last month in June, you know, I couldn't work. (laughs) Yeah. And it really made me think about, oh, goodness, how how is this going to work, you know, when I can't work? So I think that's a really important consideration for sure. Yeah. And COVID brought a lot of those kind of questions to everybody. Sure did. You know, a lot of people ended up in ICU and recovered, but um, it brought light to a lot of moments, I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to what if. Mm-hmm. Um scary moments, actually, to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the war has changed things in the world. Um, I think the, and of course, the climate change has a huge effect of how it's affecting our lives, both home and business. But um, what do you think you would have for your listeners for your final message? What what would you like your listeners t- to know? Because I think they already love you for your life coaching abilities. Yeah, I would I would say that as best as possible to stay present and to really express gratitude on on the regular in that presence and, and not just for the people we surround ourselves with, but for things like the sunshine and the fact that I can walk on my two feet today. You know, we, we, we think about gratitude and, you know, it doesn't have to, we don't have to wait for a life altering in a blink of an eye situation to wake up and realize how, much beauty and 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 life is around us right it's we should work on those moments day by day and it could be the smallest thing right it's my two-year-old laugh is the best thing in the entire world or when you see kittens play or something like that things like that that just make you smile and i would also say related to that don't don't rush to put like to get your phone out right away be in the lived experience. You know, I think in the world of social media, we're, we're like, oh, let me get it on TikTok or whatever, which is fine. Trust me. I I love social media. But there are some moments that might just be nice to experience it just for you. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really important, especially when person's passing. Yes, for um, sure. 
And I don't think we are present. I don't think the majority of people are. No. And as you mentioned, we're going through a lot as a collective. There's a lot happening right now. And by having a, by being present and staying grounded in all of it, I think the better that it's going to be for us because with everything happening, it's easy for, for us to feel overwhelmed and anxious and, you know, gloom and doom, but by staying present and again, witnessing and enjoying and, and loving all the wonder and awe and amazement that's around us. I think that's going to help us move forward. I think so. It's, it's creating love. Yeah. Right. We yeah. have to create love. Um, what kind of situations, cause I did forget to ask you this question. When the time came with your dad, I understand mm -hmm. you had some family issues with the extended family portion. Yeah, so my dad comes from, he he's one of six, so he has a lot of siblings. I have a lot of cousins. I have <laughs> a lot of relatives on that side of the family. And there are a couple of things, right? So there's a plot of land that my parents purchased in the Philippines that they were hoping to retire to someday together. Obviously, with him passing, that was no longer the case. And just you know, things like that that were in the family. And so the, after he had passed away, there were some conversations about where that was going to go. And, you know, and even when he was sick, there were there were a couple of times where our relatives, the extended family needed help. And so I don't think this is unique to, to family dynamics. I don't think it's unique to immigrant family dynamics to help out yeah. relatives, but I think it made it a bit tricky when he was so sick. And then after he passed, right. Because then, you know, you have to contend with more players <laughs> in terms of the belongings and, and, and how to divvy things up. Uh, but why do we have to argue over, we talked about this before backstage. Why do we have to argue about that teacup and saucer? You know, I, 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 yeah, I think it goes back to, again, what we were talking about before we started recording. It's, I think there's a deeper underlying root to all of this, right? That, that death forces us to look at our own mortality and then it forces us to look at our own wounding and, whether that's not enough. Brings the stuff or, up. Yeah, it brings stuff up. It brings a lot of this inner stuff up to the surface. And it can show up, you know, as as our best selves. Like I've witnessed other families, right? That it brings families together, but it also can drive families apart because yeah, things are coming up and depending on how you're able to handle that as a family unit can go either way, you know? Especially, uh, I think communication is really super important. Yeah. And when you don't have those previous family conversations, whether it's with the extended family or just the immediate family, um, I, I always say with the immediate family to have those strong wishes and those big, hard, taboo questions that you have to ask each other. Um, but the extended family, if you're not... It just makes sense because the immediate family is the inner circle right. and the extended family is the outer circle. And mm -hmm. if you don't have this figured out, 
this inner part, it's going to snowball to the exterior. Yeah, for sure. I think that coming together as a united front, as a, you know, as the immediate family unit is going to be so much, it's going to be a much more positive experience, right? Because if you all are on the same page, when external or extended family members come out, Maybe from the woodwork, right? From the woodwork, <laughs> usually. That's you, right? Right? You know, maybe they come out of the woodwork. You're all on the same page as a collective, united front family unit. And I know that's something that my husband and I are very committed to, right? I, I have a PhD in communication. So obviously, I understand the value of communication. But fortunately, my husband is is open and communicative as well. So whether that's finances or wills, right? Wills and testaments and and especially with our, with our kiddo. Yeah. I think that's, these are conversations that we want to have so that we're on the same page moving forward. Yeah. Especially for after the fact, Mm -hmm. it's one thing when the person's sick, but after the fact, boy, oh boy, I don't know where some people think that they deserve or, you know, what, whatever that is, I'm not sure, but it causes so much heartache for the whole, the whole unit. Yeah. And um, sometimes I think we just try to put off, well, I don't, I don't want to deal with that stuff. It's yucky. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to have to talk to Uncle John and I, yeah. I don't want to talk to Mary because, you know, it, it's just difficult. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy having these conversations, but it's it's discomfort in the short term that's going to pay off so much more in the long term. Any of these kinds of conversations that are really scary and could be anxiety provoking, but need to happen. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's two worries. It's the worries of the unit of, I don't want to have difficulties or in your communication, you know, you don't want these feelings to be created bad and good, but you also don't want to have it blow up mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't want to even talk about it to start with. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people say, let's set a date. Oh, I'm so excited for October 3rd and we'll have our family conversation and we'll take out our appies and our glass of wine and our coffee. And, you know, we'll do these worksheets that Tina has for us. <laughs> it's yeah. not something that you, you know, it's not Thanksgiving, <laughs> but it's so important. So, so very important. It's, it's right up there with birthdays and Christmas and Thanksgiving and, and um, have you considered what you'd like to do for your legacy for treasure box items that we talk about in our show? So I mentioned that I, I sang at my dad's funeral service. So I'm, I'm a performer. So I would imagine something to that effect, whether that's a recording of me singing or, a video. My my husband and I met ballroom dancing. Oh, nice. <laughs> We're a very artistic family. So I think that would be really lovely to have things of that nature. To as put well. away. Yeah. And I also I'm a writer as well. So very creative. I'm a Pisces. So I'm very, I'm very creative. And, uh, you know, I've written a lot of poetry and things like that. So I think that would be fun. And I'm a nerd. I like board games and things. So I don't know, something that folks would, would be like, oh man, Rowena, you know, that 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That would be fun. Um, I love board games too. It's way more fun than on the computer or sitting on your tablet. Yeah. Unfortunately, COVID, it was hard to, to, to do that, but hopefully we can get back to the spirit of game nights again in person. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Well, thank you, um, Dr. Rowena Winkler with us today. I am so, you know, um, your story is very, not overwhelming, but I think it shows how things can go awry and, Mm -hmm. and how we can make it better. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show and helping our listeners to understand the complications too what can happen and what did happen. Um, I really, really appreciate that. So thank you very much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. This is a really important topic that a lot of us, as we've mentioned, don't like to talk about or feel that they can't really talk about until the situation is right in front of our face, which probably isn't the best time to (laughs) process and contend with all of this. So I hope that my my story and my sharing has helped your listeners understand the dynamics and the complexities that go into it, but that it can also bring some beautiful silver linings, you know, as for me with how I see the world and my relationships yeah. and and my business. Absolutely, especially your business. I think it's really transformed you from the inside out and I think that's what it can do. Mm-hmm. So thank you and I do you want to remind everybody that um, Rowena's information is down below in the description box. So make sure you click on her and check out her website and her programs that she has available for everybody. Um, she's an awesome, awesome, very touching Pisces person that can help you. She has feelings, of course, and a lot of energy that could help guide you through to the next step, whether maybe you're going through grief. I mean, it's probably the hardest thing going through grief and trying to build a business, man. That's, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, sometimes a lot of times women are given the husband, ex-husband's business, you Mm -hmm. know, after he's passed, they have all that stuff to deal with Mm -hmm. on top of the personal. So that brings up a whole other can of worms there because now you have a business that you know nothing about. Mm. So, um, and yeah, and there was no plans for anything else, you know, Mm. so that makes it tough and people should really think about what if, Mm -hmm. you know, what if, and I think it brings out Katy Perry's song. um, If I had five minutes or if I had, if I had, can't remember the song now. If I had one day left in my life, mm-hmm. what would I say or what mm. would I do? Mm. So that's very profound, I think. Sure is. I'll have to, I don't know if I'm familiar with that song. I'll have to, I'll have to find it. I'll have to link it down below for everybody. <laughs> yes, so, <me> too. <laughs> so thank you guys. So thank you so very much for, uh, Rowena to come on our show. It was absolutely wonderful. If you haven't liked, shared, and subscribed to our channel, click down in that box down below. I get my yellow hand out there. And if you are thinking about that special someone right now, 
watching the show that you haven't talked to in a while, you haven't said hi to, and you really love and care about them, please reach out, call them today, knock on their door, Zoom them, FaceTime them, whatever it takes, but reach out and tell them how much you love and care about them today because you don't know what tomorrow might bring. So stay tuned for our podcasts and our live streams. Interesting, you know, we have such interesting and accomplished people in the world today that we have come on and entertain you, inform you, motivate you, inspire you. And I'm so very excited to be going into our third season with our show. So thank you so very much because it's it's all up to you guys, listeners, to, to appreciating what I'm bringing you on these platforms. Um, no one is Superman. Nobody's Supergirl in this world, so expect the unexpected. We were all on all podcast platforms, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. We have a VIP Facebook group, which uh, brings a lot of people just like Dr. Wina here that could, you know, be a part of the community on the Facebook group and talk about, oh, I had this challenge, or this is what I did. And I don't know how to do this. And this is what was brought up. So please um, check that out in the description box as well. Thank you for sharing and, um, and coming on our show. And uh, thank you for choosing to spend your time with us. So thank you very much. And I always end our show. And I know that you know who Carol Burnett is. I always end our show with Carol Burnett. I'm so glad we had this time together. You could probably sing this better than me. Just to have a laugh or sing a song seems we just get started. And before you know it comes a time we have to say so long. So long, everybody. It was great to have you. Stay safe, be kind, and expect the unexpected. Thank you. Bye-bye.